All right, let's uh, do the little shindig. Play the tunes. Wow. Just like that. Caught it in the moment. Mm-hmm. We're back. Like as if we never skipped the beat. Well, we didn't. We stepped, We still kept having the phone calls. We just didn't invite everyone else to the phone call. Clearly. Yeah. It just, you know, some stuff is meant to be kept between us. Private episodes. We're, we're good. Not everything is, you know. There's a reason why they're A and B conversations. Necessary. It just enriches the public ones more. I agree. I don't want to give you guys like a false sense of intimacy. (laughs) We're not going to lie to you and we're not going to lead you on. (laughs) And just like that, we are back. And so we're excited. Guys, welcome to the Happy and Holy Podcast. Here we are. We are your hosts. We're ever so ready, ever so excited, ever so present. We're present. We're here. (laughs) Hosts. I am so thrilled to be with you, my fabulous co-host, Wenny. Ah, And I'm just, just as equally elated to be here with you today, Jay. So much love. So much happiness and so much holiness that comes from our friendship, from our union. Oozing. I love it. I'm here for it. Friendships should make you happy and they should make you holy. They should. I mean, it's the whole point of iron sharpening iron. Iron. I'm like thinking about how do you, how do you enunciate iron? Iron. Like oil. But iron. Oil. But it's true. I mean, listen, if you don't have friends that are keeping you holy, you need new friends. And especially if you don't have friends that are making you happy, mm-hmm. get new friends. Yeah. Because if your friends aren't making you happy, they probably aren't making you holy. No, no, no. There's no such thing. Mm-mm. There's no such thing. If you have some type of friendship that's like, I'm not really happy with her, but she like really checks me and she keeps me holy. Um, I that's an abusive relationship, and I would. <laughs> it is. It is. I would I've implore you friends. to seek new friends. I've had those friends that like they'll call you on your stuff, but they don't make you happy. And usually, those people cannot be called out themselves. Yep, that's an abusive friendship. Yeah. And I just want to say that if you feel like you're justified in one being that friend or two having that friend, um, I, one, it's unfortunate, but two, just know that there are things that cannot happen in your relationship without like relational equity and you need to have the equity and the equity comes from, um, tenure (laughs) like you need to have that time and that time is developed in happiness 
thus producing holiness. Um, don't let somebody dupe you, knowing you for maybe two weeks, and then they want to quote unquote pathetically call out all these things in your life. It's not possible without the relational equity, mm-hmm. which is built by the bricks of happiness, holiness, love, joy, peace, honor. These are things that like are bricks that build a friendship. And um, if you don't got it, get out. Because I'll say this, and this will be my last, my last bit of tangent. If you don't know how to have healthy relationships in your friendships, you're going to date wrong. Ooh. And if you don't, if you don't know how to steward relationships amongst friends, you're not going to steward a relationship in, with guys. I know girls who are awful awful in stewarding friendships yet they want to be married boo boo honey baby (laughs) it's not going to be different when you get a husband um i don't see it going beyond you getting a boyfriend mm, it's sort of like that um scripture about how um the scripture of the parable of the talents where god gives more to people who have more and do more with what they have I think it's like that with friendships. If you do a lot with your friendships, if you um, take care of those friendships and you utilize um, what you have um, and in making those friendships quality, then more will be given to you in the form of other relationships. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think also in order to date well, you need to have great friendships to come back to and whether it's process what happened, heal from a past relational hurt, or even just make wise decisions so all of your needs are met in the context of your friendships and your relationship with the Lord so that you're not dating out of need, you're dating out of want, which enables you to make better decisions when you do choose to lock it down with someone. Yeah, I agree. And um, having a good, healthy friendship that helps you steward relationships really teaches you how to love somebody who's not you. Mm -hmm. And so um, you get good at it now. Like I used to have friends who lived together who like um, there were two sets of it was a set of roommates and they were really struggling living together. Um, But they were good friends, but they were really struggling living together. And I was like. You're just struggling living with somebody who's not you and get the practice now because both my friends are single at the time. And I'm like, get the practice now because when you marry, you're not going to marry you. Um, Danny Silk used to say like the whole like, um, stop saying you want to you want to date somebody just like you or you want to marry somebody just like you. He's like, no, you don't. Because if you did, you would just be with yourself. He's like, people don't want to marry them. <laughs> they want they want an escape from themselves. They want to be delivered from themselves. They don't marry someone who's just like you. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I used to tell my friends, like, get the practice now with the roommates. Like, okay, your roommate irritates you because she puts raw meat on the top shelf and not the bottom. Well, you know, if you don't learn to um, <laughs> to uh, address that conflict, watch your husband do the same thing and it, it will annoy you. And so get the practice now. Obviously, am I saying to treat every roommate like it's going to be your coming spouse? No, I'm just saying that get the practice of what it looks like to love somebody who's not you. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, there's been many uh, challenging roommate and friendship relationships I've had, and every single one of those challenges is an opportunity to grow and level up. And you are able to deal with conflict in work and in other like more high pressure relationships, whether that's marriage or your boss, you're able to deal with it better. So you're able to handle more and you're able to handle more responsibility, but also more blessing in that. Amen. Boom, 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 boom. All right. Um, guys, so happy and holy. Are you are you new here? Have you been around these parts? Um, let us break it down for you. Happy and Holy is a podcast. It is our phone call turn podcast between us two lovely friends, us two covenanted friends, us two um who are in the vineyards, in the vineyards of the of the Bible belt as we're here. Yep, we are just trying to thrive in the belt. Here we are. Uh originally from the East Coast, the both of us. And now we're here in the Bible Belt. And we're just doing life together. Um, in person, of course, but we decided to turn our phone call into a podcast. Why? Well, we already know that we're amazing. I love her. She loves me. But sometimes we like to say things that I'm like, I don't want to repeat myself. And so why don't we just make a podcast so that other people can glean? Glean. Glean, people. Take it. I need to hear what you say to me because sometimes you'll say things and I'm like, first of all, I want a recording of that. Secondly, the whole world should hear this. L-O-L. Yeah. I think like, you know, just fruit comes out of our mouths and it's the byproduct of who we behold, what we read, who we're around. Mm -hmm. And um, ah, I don't know why I'm saying ow, but I feel the Lord and I don't want (laughs) to. I'm saying ow, but it's not the right response. Ah, Coco goes, owie. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) all right i'm gonna edit that out i was just feeling the lord um thank you lord yeah hallelujah so it's just the byproduct of you know who we're who we've been beholden Mm -hmm. and we're grateful we're grateful for the opportunity to do the podcast we're grateful for each other we're grateful for technology that works Mm -hmm. and we're grateful for you guys our listeners our viewers Happy and Holy is a, uh, we're on podcast platforms, friends. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are on Google. We're easily Googleable. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we're on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. Pleasure. But if you want to podcast, listen, there's no shame in your game, in your podcasting game. I love to podcast when I'm walking. I like to cook and cast. I like to clean and cast. Sometimes mm-hmm. I cast while I'm working. Um, I'm a very much like a multitasking type person. I can't work in silence. It's very weird. The Lord is healing that. Um, and so I can, I do many things at once and casting is one of the things I include in the many things that I do. Mm-hmm. And of course we're on YouTube for those who like to do the visual thing. I'm a very visual person. And so I figured why not give you guys the best of both worlds where you can see us and hear yeah. us. So we're on YouTube. Probably on Rumble. Depends on my mood. Although I just heard that Tucker Carlson is going to be on Rumble after he announced that he's launching his own media network. <gasps> really? Yeah, I, and know I think he didn't even with anything fancy. He just went like with Tucker Carlson Media. Um, <laughs> I was like, you couldn't come up with a name like O'Keefe has like OMG. 
I mean, sure. I guess like it makes sense because people are looking for him specifically. Like people, like fans of. See, here's the thing. You know all these like political stuff, and I'm clearly like a pretty like a girl who like doesn't wear her pretty little head about these things. Um, <laughs> and my comparison in my head is because I am a fan of Candace Cameron Bure. I know that her production company is called Candy Rock Entertainment. But see. people who look for Candace who don't know her wouldn't be like, let me search for Candy Rock Entertainment. They'd be like, let me search for Candace Cameron Bure. Smart. And so I think in a, in a sense, it does make sense for people who aren't super in the know and on in the loop to make it his name so they can just directly find him and everything pertaining to him. Very fair. And I think part of the reason why you don't get into the political stuff is because I do. And then I'll be like, oh, my gosh, did you hear? Did you find out? Did you see? And so now I'm filling you in about Tucker Carlson. Uh, James O'Keefe, his media thing is called OMG. It's O'Keefe Media Group. And I, I think I love that, that he got to call it. But Carlson is like just Carlson, Tucker Carlson Media or whatever. And so um, be on the lookout, guys. Happy and Holy Network Media, whatever. We're doing it too. We will. And we will be there. Um, we would be okay with being signed by one of said groups first. But until then, be on the lookout. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Bet David, right? He's like this Armenian guy who's like filthy rich, right? He's a great guy, dad, business dude. Have you seen some of those videos? He's um, a great entrepreneur. I think I've um, seen some of his videos in passing. Yes. So this man, he offered like, uh, I think a hundred million, 110 million or something to Tucker Carlson and like did it live, like on a spot, like on his podcast, like not in front of Tucker Carlson. He did it in front of somebody else, but he was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call him and I'm going to offer him this amount of money. And he's like, da da da, da and then like text him and Tucker Carlson. I don't even think he like responded to his, um to his offer. And then he said something like, this tweet will make me more money than you can ever pay me. And like, Oh my God, he's a savage, but now we know why he didn't take the offer. And then Patrick, but David, like days later on his podcast was like, I offered this man a hundred million dollars. <laughs> oh my God. And Like part owner's sake and his company and all this stuff is because the guy knows how much Tucker is worth and that he would make him a lot of money, a oh. lot of money. I mean, smart smart business decision. Smart business decision. Coming soon, guys. Happy and Holy Network. It will happen. Um, Be on a lookout, 2024. Uh, What were we saying? Hey, the podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Are you new here? (laughs) Can I tell people our inspiration? Yeah. For the pod? For the pod? Yeah, that's what I want to get to. Um. (laughs) If you're new here, I just want to let you guys know that we take a lot of left turns, but eventually we end up at the right destination. We will get there. It's about um, the journey. We, it's not about the journey. It's it's literally, it's about the journey and the destination. It's about the U-turns that we take when we get lost. <laughs> Bring it on home. Bring it home. Uh, so yeah, so we just want to assume every episode we is, is an honor. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege. Every episode we get to record. So with that, we don't want to assume that you guys know who we are. Did you stumble across us? Did you see our cute little picture and you just clicked here? And now you're wondering what is happy and holy podcast? Well, let us tell you happy and holy 
was a phrase, is a phrase, mm-hmm. is a phrase coined by the son of Bulgaria, Mr. Georgian Banoff, who is one half of the Joy Apostles, also mm-hmm. known as the co-founders of a ministry known as Global Celebration. Georgian and Winnie Banoff are the co-founders of this ministry. Georgian and Winnie Banoff are the Joy Apostles. Mm-hmm. A name that was given to them, mind you, not something they considered of themselves. One night I found myself at a an, at an event where uh, said Banoff was present and he was talking. And I heard him say this quote. The world wants you happy, but not holy. Religion wants you holy, but not happy. But Jesus came to make you both. Jesus came to make you both. You've heard the quote too? I live by this quote. (laughs) I have this quote tattooed on my butt. (laughs) And... I also have it on a t-shirt. You don't say. I have it on a t-shirt that comes in five different colors. Oh my gosh. Sweatshirts that come in four different colors. Are you talking about the happy and holy merch? I am referring to items that you can get from the happy and holy podcast makers. (laughs) (laughs) That detail the message of the show in the form of presently T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, coffee warmers, and beanie. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is something serious. This is something that has been so seriously developing for some time. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much care was put into the work that created these pieces, the attention to detail, the back and forth with the supplier to make sure that every detail was to our specifications. I agree. And I am so thrilled to tell y'all about the amazing pieces that will display just how happy and how holy you are, we are together. Together. Look at these mugs. I mean, cute. I'm fully obsessed with our coffee holder. Oh, my gosh. I would love that for Christmas. And that beanie. That beanie. So cozy. And we are coming upon the coldest months of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. December through probably like beginning of March. We're going to need that. Bet and the t-shirt. Oof. That t-shirt necessary. Really necessary. Guys, this is like fresh off the vine. Yep. This is this is the new new. This is the good good. And if you were like I have procrastinated all my holiday shopping, <laughs> I have great news for you. Um, you can get express shipping. And you can get those gifts in time for Christmas. That's now, that's good news. Mm -hmm. 
That's good news. And so how would we go about ordering, ordering this stuff? So we have a site, um, that, well, let me just verify this because I had it open, but of course my internet went out. Um, let's <laughs> pause yeah. for dramatic effect. Oh, uh, not my by logging me out. Don't me right now. Screaming. Um. Okay. Okay. So you can go to happy dash and dash holy dot printify dot me, and we're gonna put that link in the show notes. And when you open the description, you're gonna find happy dash and dash holy dot printify dot me. <laughs> you're going to click on that or you're going to type it in if you're old school and you're going to be able to find all these fabulous products. That's super cool. After you check out the site where you will buy the merch, um, don't be a stranger to our website, which is happyandholyco.com. Mm-hmm. And there you will see all of our past episodes if you're new here. Um, or if you've been around a while and you want to go back to some of your old favorites, head to the website. Also, mm-hmm. stay in the know all the most recent things, um, all the recent things that we're doing, all the recent things that are happening will be on the website. So happyandholyco.com. Mm-hmm. Hang out with us there. You can find all of our socials on the website. And so don't be a stranger. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think we'll probably try to link the merch site on our site as well. Oh, absolutely. So you'll be able to find us. Don't worry. If you look, if you seek, you're going to find. If you knock, that door is going to be open to you. And behind that door, you're going to find happy and holy sweatshirts, t-shirts, coffee mugs, beanie, and a coffee warmer. Dot, 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 to be continued. Mm-hmm. To be continued. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, friends. We are um, going to continue on with the show. Uh, thanks for hanging out for our 30-minute. Thanks for hanging out for, for our 30-second commercial of our merch. But we're really excited, and we can't wait to see you guys wearing it. I'm sure we'll start some type of trend when you start sending us pictures of you wearing it. Um, when we have our shirts, we will show you on our Instagram, which mm-hmm. is of course listed on the bottom of our screen. And so check us out guys, buy the shirts, send the pictures, do the things. And um, Jamie. Yeah. Do you have a joy verse for us today? I am so Joyful that you asked me that. I oh my gosh. Shout out to my grandma who uh, got me this amazing joy journal full of verses, full of joy. So yes. today, uh, sponsored by my grandma, we have Psalm 20, verse 5. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. Woo. May the Lord grant all your requests. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> we need to talk about this because we're going to shout for joy over your victory because we are victorious. That's why we're joyful. We're not fighting a battle that hasn't been won. 
we're victorious, and therefore we are joyful. Shout for joy. We're going to be proud of our God. We're going to lift up our banners in the name of our God. We're going to brag about him. We're going to tell y'all that he's better than your God. We're going to be like really arrogant about it because that's holy behavior. Yes. We got some holy behavior to talk about later in the Did You Hear? But we're going to be a bit arrogant about it because we know that he's victorious and he's victorious in and for us. And may the Lord grant all your requests because look, some people, they're like, oh, don't treat God like a genie. It's not about what he can get for you. First of all, if it was about what he could get for us, all those people who be praying like that, who notice that their prayers don't work, wouldn't be Christians in the first place. They'd be doing witchcraft or something where they could get things in exchange for something like a genie. No, God ain't a genie. We know that. But we also know that he loves to grant us our requests. He gives us the kingdom. How much more will he give us when he already gave us his son? He will Mm. give us everything. Like that is evidence he will give us everything. So we are going to make those requests known to him. He also commands us to stop worrying and and make those prayers and supplications to him in Philippians. We're going to be requesting of him. Why? Because we trust him and because we know that he is desiring, he's a good father and he desires to give us good things. He desires to grant us what our hearts want. And in the case where our hearts want something that wouldn't be good for us, he'll just change our hearts. But that's okay because we have the spirit of the Lord inside of us. And if we have the spirit of the Lord inside of us, he's going to change us without us even having to know what we need to change into. All of a sudden, we're just going to wake up different. We're going to wake up and we're going to be like, when did I become a Bible collector? Why do I keep ending Mm -hmm. up with more Bibles? How did I learn biblical Greek? I'm just saying, this is the journey with the Lord. He makes you obsessed with him and we can trust him to do that. We don't have to muster it up in our own strength. And in the meantime, we're going to request what we desire from him. Cause let's be so for real. It's not like you don't know anyway. He may have been the one who put that desire in our heart. He may be the originator. You know, It's kind of like when you have a friend and you want to go eat somewhere and then you kind of like convince the friend that they want to eat there too. And then they're just like, yeah, let's go to Chick-fil-A. And you're like, I'm so glad you said that. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and you're like, wow, this is really good. It's even better than the restaurant that I was recommending. Of course. And we knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's super good. Yeah, I just, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to know that, like, not only are you able to ask, but you can boldly approach the throne of grace because he um, loves to hear from his children. So ask, ask him away. Jesus had mentioned twice when he was, I think three times, he told the disciples, whenever you ask, ask in my name, mm-hmm. ask in my name. It mm-hmm. shall be given to you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I love that Psalm 20 is a little back up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, a, f- a little further down in Psalm 20, one of my favorite verses, one of my many favorite verses um, is some trust in chariots. Some <laughs> trust in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. Uh Oh, it always has to add Adonai, you know, you know, the little Jewish Bibles. But um, some people try to write songs. I still haven't heard like a great song with this verse, but some people try to add it. 
it's just not the same. But I, I actually know that verse really well because Julie Meyer will just str- sing the song yes. straight. And she she doesn't try to get frilly with it. She just sang that song like straight up, like word for word. And that's how I know it. Praise God. IHOP used to be big on that. That's the reason why I knew scripture the way I did, because like, I bet you they had some type of rule. I'm sure it's not what they have now anymore, but they used to have a rule that um, like you have to sing scripture. You have to sing it. I, the last time I went on a stream of theirs live was like during COVID and somebody was trying to do that. And I think they were somewhere in revelation, if I remember correctly, but honestly, I don't know. But I remember that it sounded so clunky. They were like really trying to make it work with the music. It just was not graced. I was like, whether you pick the wrong verse or maybe you're in the wrong season <laughs> singing scripture, I don't know what the damage is, Heather, but you are not in it and you should just, just stop. stop. And it like yeah. also reeked of somebody who was singing something they didn't understand. So the the revelation wasn't hitting because they had no knowledge of what they were singing and no experience with it. Um, contrary to belief, it's not as easy as you think to sing scripture. So no. you still need just because you're singing scripture and scripture is holy doesn't make your singing uh, your application doesn't make your set holy just because you're sc- singing scripture. Um, they're actually, it, it still takes anointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and I only know that from discovering from myself. Cause when I was watching like the John Thurlow's and the Corey Asbury's and the Jay Thomas's of the world and the Matt Gilman's of the world back in the day. And I was like, Oh, like I want to play a little, play a little Bible verses myself. And I was like, oh, you actually need to know structure. You need to know when to change the chords. You need to understand your voice. You need to know melodies. Like it's not as like easy as it looks per Mm -hmm. se, but either way, we love it. We're grateful. Psalm 20. That's where we're at today with our joy verse with Jay. We love that. That was very fun. Thanks for that delicious verse. All right, let's uh, hop over to, did you hear? Sweet. Well, I only have a couple of did you hears, but I think you wanted to go first because you had a funny story for us. Oh, um, w- was uh, this the one that happened in Iowa? Is that the one you want to yes. talk about? Yes. <laughs> we, we all be hearing about this, and I'm thrilled to talk about it. Okay, so many people have probably heard that there was a man in Iowa named Michael Cassidy who was arrested because he damaged a satanic display um, until it was beyond repair. <laughs> Um, apparently he was running for office to unseat Republican Michael Guest of Mississippi's third district in 2022's Republican primary election. Mm. Um, and he was arrested for, uh, at this occasion for destroying this display. Um, and it was inside the Iowa Capitol and it was placed there by the satanic temple of iowa i don't know how they got the rights to do this and how like they backhanded their way into this building but they did and so um this display which had a ram's head that was covered with mirrors um on a mannequin 
um, was apparently a symbol of their right to religious freedom. Uh, um, I'm so sorry, but you don't have freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So um, you're wrong. So this heroic 35-year-old man was charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief for the damage. Um, and, of course, people took to the interwebs to fund his defense budget. I had a goal of $20,000, which it reached within a matter of hours because nice. the church is here for this. Apparently, he was neck and neck with uh, with guests who he was up against um, in the primary election, forcing a runoff. And he was defeated in the runoff with guests securing 70%, nearly 70% of the vote. Um, so... The thing that I wanted to personally state about this situation, first of all, I saw the display. It looked like a coat rack. I'm sure someone like walking in could get confused and think like, this is just one of those weird coat racks that rich people buy at like artisanal stores. I don't know if you guys have ever been in one of those like fancy Nordstrom's or Neiman's where they put like weird furniture in as part of the display. I have been yeah. in those situations and I'll see that weird furniture and it feels really dark and demonic, even though it's just a chair made out of twigs, but it yeah. feels like, really weird. Um, this is like one of those things that you see in a department store that you think is like, this is a furniture piece that the interiors person got because they thought it would make the place look interesting and wealthy or mm. like something a like grandmother who was like a part of like society put in her front hall as like, look at this lovely coat rack. My mother-in-law gave it to me because she hates me. LOL. And it was like surrounded by candles. And it's like, if you're going to surround a coat rack with candles, somebody's coat is going to catch fire <laughs> and that's dangerous. And so that was, it was important for the fire department to take that down. And in lieu of the fire department being aware that this coat rack was there, Michael Cassidy heroically took down the, the dangerous coat. coat rack. Thank you. And so I'm like really thrilled that he did it. Because not only was it a hideous coat rack and not really ergonomical, but it was also really a danger. It was a fire hazard to the state capitol building, and it needed to be taken care of. Um, I also just want to say that these petty people who put it up and they were like, this coat rack is going to look so good here. Um, they Like these people, they think they're powerful and they think they have a lot of right in the spirit to do messed up things, probably to Michael and the people he cares about. Yeah. This is the time the church needs to rise up and pray because the reality of the situation is the only people on earth that have authority is the church. Because as it goes, Adam was given the authority by God and then he had the legal right to it. And when it was stolen by Satan through deception... Then Satan had it and he wilded it out and he's had the earth for a long time. But look, the church, she was given that key back when Jesus descended into hell and acid washed Satan's face. <laughs> and after he did that, he took back the keys to hell in the grave and he took that with him and he gave it to his people and he ascended and he brought us up with him to sit with him in heavenly places. Here we are. We need to know 
that we as the church are the only physical beings that have authority on the earth. In this time, Jesus has given us delegation. He'll come back and he'll take his authority and he will clap those people and those spirits that need to be clapped. But in between that time, it's our job to do the clapping back. And so what we need to be doing as a church is we need to be covering Michael Cassidy and all his loved ones with prayer. We need to be praying for his legal situation, and we need to be fighting back against the satanic temple of Iowa and maybe other places at well that are in the world that are in union with them. Because the thing is, these people, they think they have authority, but they don't. They be thinking that they're going to be a problem for us, but we are going to tell the satanic temple of wherever, um, be it Iowa or anywhere else that wants to mess with us, that what they actually have is a Christian problem. You guys have a Christian problem because what you have now is people who have authority, who are covered in the blood, who have the power of God, who are on the right side when it comes to the legal system that is created and judged by God because the ruler of this world has been judged. Mm. What we have is legal right, and what we have is justice. And you can't you can't mess with that because the Lord is on our side, not yours. He thinks you're a flop, and his opinion is the only one that matters. Boom. So please, once again, I urge you, be praying for Michael and be praying for the situation and be praying against this coat rack because hideous. Down with the coat rack. You might see that t-shirt on Happy and Holy website. Please let us know if you would wear a down with the coat rack t-shirt. Hey, pretty soon we'll start when we like in 2024, we're going to start live streaming our recordings and we will have open polls. Mm -hmm. And so like when that's the time you need to vote, because if you want a t-shirt that you say that says down with the coat racks, Mm -hmm. that's the time you'll need to tell us because we will get that on print immediately. Immediately limited edition runs of some fantastic phrases that people need to know about. They need to know. Mm-hmm. Hashtag happy and holy co. Down with the coat racks. Um, yeah, that was brilliant. I th- some of my only thoughts is uh yeah, this story is better than the 2015 flop, The Force Awakens. Um, which was Star Wars, this is much better than that because it's almost like the Bride of Christ awakens. And now we have decided, we have decided to act accordingly, okay? The violent take it by force. Mm-hmm. And so this was the moment to get violent against a coat rack. Mm-hmm. Need I remind you, the walking contradiction that Satanists and atheists are. Look at this! One contradiction eating another! Huh? You're Scotch-Korean, and Starburst is a solid, yet you see like a liquid! Okay, because they felt like they had the right to erect this monstrosity mm-hmm. coat rack. Who, who, who erects a coat rack wearing a coat? That's what I want to know. It had a full-on robe. Okay. So, um, need I remind you, said atheists. Okay. The reason they put it there is because they said we deserve religious freedoms too, which need I also inform you that in 2019, this said people group 
became tax exempt because they were seen as a religious entity. You want to play the games of church and state? Play ball. Okay. (laughs) So let me remind you that in order for there to be a Satanist, you have to acknowledge that there is God because there is no Satan without God. And if atheists want to partner with Satanists, then atheists are contradicting themselves because in order for you to partner with a Satanist, you have to admit that there's God because there's no Satan without God. God begot Satan. Satan's not even a sworn enemy of God. You understand in order for him to be a sworn enemy, he would have to be a rival. Mm-hmm. God has no rivals. Mm-hmm. There's no have, one who equates him. Satan got is, is, he's a chin hair. Okay. He's a chin hair. That's as far as he gets. So I'm I just, I just wanted to put that out there to remind people that because, you know, it was a, a two, it was a, it was a bi people group. Okay. It was a partnership. It wasn't just Satanists being like, let's get this like poorly designed coat rack out of Marshall's and put it in in this building. It wasn't just them alone. It was also the atheists who partnered with Satanists. So in order for you to have partnered with somebody who doesn't exist, I, I, I don't know how he did that. So I, um, I, uh, present my seat to you, Jamie. Uh, one more note on that is um, I have heard Kevin Zadai talk about um, Jesus in the wilderness. And um, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Zadai has a ministry. He um, died and went to heaven during a routine dental surgery, just in brief. Um, and you can check him out if you want to know more about him. But he, um, in an encounter with Jesus, Jesus told him when Satan was like offering him the whole world, Jesus was thinking, I remember the day I created you. Ooh. Ooh. Bro, I remember the day I thought up you chin hair. Ooh. And he remembered the day he plucked him. Ooh. <laughs> that equates the uh, age-old parental, say- uh, parental saying, I brought you into this world and I could take you out. <laughs> that takes oh, the cake. Man. Of that saying, what what he heard in that encounter mm-hmm. takes the cake. Um, that's amazing. Uh, there's a little pause under my door. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Go to daddy. <laughs> freaking little fart <laughs> so i don't know if, if atheists want to be known as you know walking contradictions they're, they're fine by all means it's just that you you can't be taken seriously ever 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 no ever. you don't know what you believe and nobody else knows what you believe and if you don't know what you stand on you're gonna fall like you even in order to be an atheist you have to have some type of belief system, mm-hmm. but your, your whole existence is to negate belief, but you, you even need to have a belief to not believe in it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, it, it's circular logic. Like you can't say like, well, I'm an atheist. So I don't believe in God. 
but your belief is your unbelief. That is still faith. It takes faith for you to not believe that there is no God. And so like, just quit it, quit while you're still ahead. It doesn't work. And they want to hide their um, fear of religion. That's really what it is. It's the fear of religion. It's not atheism. Mm -hmm. It's atheist phobia. And they just need to admit it. And they try to cure that phobia with science, with intelligence, with logic. They try to cure it and just like hide under or hide behind or um, hide under the belief that there is no God. Um, but how do you know? Well, I just, I just believe there's no God. Well, you, but you have to believe in order for you to believe there's no God. And so it's a waste of time. You're walking contradiction. And that's why you become the butt end of every joke. That's why April Fool's Day, everyone says it's the atheist holiday because only a fool says in their heart, there's no God. And so you're always going to be the butt end of every joke. And if if they're not saying it to your face, they're saying it behind your back. I'm sorry to let you know, but I'm sorry. Atheists are so anxious. Like they just All the time. like really like anxious people. <laughs> I just can't wait. Next time I leave the house, which who knows when that will be um, to probably just to go over yours. But when I leave the house and I, I'm going out in public and I meet an atheist. I'm going to be like, wow, you sound really anxious. How does it feel to have an imaginary friend? (laughs) That's what I say to the atheist. It's unfortunate, (laughs) but that's the path they chose. They can unchoose it. They can choose a better one. If you're here and you're like questioning um, I'm just letting you know, like you can choose to be one of us. We are an inclusive family. We just think that the state that you're in is kind of hilarious. In other words, you can choose a better belief system. If you're going to believe in something, believe in, in God. Mm-hmm. Christ says to not only believe in God, but believe in me also, because mm-hmm. the fact that he had to break that down for some people, because in 2023, we still have people who believe in God, but don't believe in Jesus. I remember being really confused when he said that in John fill in the blank. Um, But he said, believe in God. He said, you know, take heart, believe in God. And he says, believe also in me. And I'm like, obviously they would believe in you. Like you're talking to them, but like, here I am years, years later, I was reading as a teenager being really confused. And I was like, there's really people who believe that they're Christians, but don't believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. And not only because, you know, how do you, what do you mean? How can you be a Christian when you don't believe in Christ? When you, when you don't believe in the things that Christ has done for you, what, mm-hmm. believe in the things that Christ has done, is doing, and is going to do, you don't believe the things that Christ has already set you free from. Mm-hmm. You don't believe the things that Christ had said. Mm-hmm. That's how you know that you believe in God, but you don't believe in him. Mm -hmm. And that's what sets you apart. That's what sets other religions apart. But I will say that there are, you know, functioning American Christians, American Christians who sit their dusty butt in church. They're unbelieving. Mm -hmm. Dusty old self in church. 
not believing in Christ. And so answer, answered my question. It took me years for that question to be answered. And it had to be answered with my own eyes. What do you, how can they believe in you, God, but not believe in Christ? How could, how do you differentiate? But they do. Even worse, there are people who don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. Oof. That's embarrassing. How do you live? How do you get dressed? How do you eat? You know what's like wild is like how disrespectful is that? Because Holy Spirit is God. Absolutely. 100%. There are people out there who are like, I believe in Jesus and I believe in God and I believe in the scriptures, but I don't know about this Holy Spirit. And then they're like kind of proud of themselves because they're like, I'm not getting deceived because I don't mess with the Holy Spirit. I don't mess with the Spirit. Um, and then to find out, hopefully this side of heaven and not the other side, because that is going to be an interesting situation. When you find out that Holy Spirit is God and you dishonored him as God. Bro. That's going to be an awkward conversation. That's going to be a real awkward conversation. I'm going to sit there with a cup of tea. And I'm going to giggle. I know. Holy Spirit's going to be like, say it to my face. <laughs> say it to my face. Go ahead. I'm not important. <laughs> I guarantee you. The Achilles heel of the American church is that they treat the Holy Spirit as an option. Mm-hmm. And it will always be our downfall. The American church, people want to call it the Western. No, the American church, the Achilles heel of the American church is that they treat Holy Spirit as an option. It's not even the Western church because it's like, the thing is Europe and America, they're very much like Holy Spirit's an option, but you don't see that in South America. That's the West. You don't see that in Mexico. That's the West. LOL. That's what I'm saying. I, I say it's an American, the American church. A lot of, a lot of people like to be like, Oh, you know what's wrong with church in the West? No, focus on us. Hello. Focus froggies. Focus on America. You can't mm-hmm. speak for other nations. Just like I hate when people apologize for other people on behalf of other people. Do not speak for other nations. Mm-hmm. It is the problem with America. It's not a problem with the West. If the West has their problems, the West has their problems. Focus on America. We treat Holy Spirit like an option. Mm-hmm. We're like, we love the Father. We love the Son. Mm-hmm. We love and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Scriptures. We love the Holy Scriptures. Holy Spirit's like, they don't see us. <laughs> I see you. They don't see us. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we will always be in the negative when it comes to like, oh, well, why do you see, why do we see this happening in this country? And missionaries love going to Brazil and do, 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 do. <laughs> like we see it in our churches. We sing it in our songs. We We treat Holy Spirit as an option. Mm-hmm. why is it that like you know an altar calls is like if you want to be filled what do you mean if stop asking permission just lay hands i don't like that it's like oh like yeah like receive salvation get water baptism and if you want you can also be baptized in the holy spirit what do you mean if the way that that's not like we don't get to act we don't get to treat this like it's add to cart okay it, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Enough is enough. Stop it. 
you do it with the youth group, you do it in children's church. And then when they grow up into freaking spiritually immature adults, now we like continue the disease. It's, it's not one or the other. You, it's the whole package deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like when you get like, you know, the little packets from the Chinese food restaurants and they give you the fork, the, the spoon, the napkin, the duck sauce, the hot sauce. You're like, I don't even need all this. Well, you order takeout. <laughs> like it comes with it. You don't get to like ask what's in your packet. Take it. Mm-mm. Enough with this like fear of man stuff when it comes to um, the baptism of the spirit. Like we need to start just forcing this upon people like the early church did. Honestly, when the room got filled in Acts 2, do you think there was a time for a survey? Mm-mm. Is there anyone here who doesn't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if not, I'm just I'm just going to warn you, like, he, he, he's coming. And so um, if you want to leave, leave now. If there's anyone who does not want to partake in this. I would say, like, I think we would be all better off if the church just started kicking out people who didn't want in. Just kick them out of the church. Just Don't like, I think you're not was- allowed to be a Christian anymore. We have our own club. You can either be part of the club or you can be part of the world, but none of this like 30% Christian stuff that people are doing. <laughs> That's what's creating all the embarrassment in the church. That's what's creating the chuggy books and the, the chuggy t-shirts and the, this was creating the chug. That's what's making the world make fun of us. That's why we're behind in our visuals and our album covers and our Oof. music videos and our films. Because most of the church out here without like a whole third of God. Right. Right. Actually, um, really the whole thing, because the Holy Spirit's the only part of God that is on the earth. Yeah. You down here without God. Why? Why even Why? try? Um, <laughs> um, it reminds me when you said that, it reminded me of when Jesus had resurrected the little girl. And before he resurrected the little girl, he was like, hey, if there's anyone here who um, doesn't believe I can do that, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. get out of the room he's like and then everyone was like <laughs> anyone who doesn't believe needs to leave and then like coast was clear he's like all right all right and then boom and so like why don't we just why don't we do that in our churches now if we're going to do an altar call if we're going to do ministry time if we're going to have a healing service just be like hey if you don't think jesus can do this if you do not believe the holy spirit moves like, just do a survey. Don't tell them it ahead of time. But, like, just do a survey and then be like, okay, good. Leave. <laughs> I gotta do. I, I mean, I would be like, kudos. The way I would change my tithe, if I went to a church <laughs> and, they, and they did that, immediate increase. Mm-hmm. Immediate increase. Mm-hmm. Um, even the father of the girl that was resurrected said, I do believe but you need to help my unbelief like he even was saying like even in my unbelief blind spots i need you i need you to cover this area because i like i believe but like even if there's a part of me i believe it was like mark nine even if there's a part of me that doesn't believe help my unbelief that's so humble 
so humble. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yep. Ugh, no. We love, love Mark. I think Mark also is- in Mark 9, it said that Jesus marveled at his faith because he was just like, I haven't even been preaching to you. I've been walking around with these guys. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I've heard the stories. Like, and so, like, can you come and lay hands on my daughter? She's sick. She died. But you're still here. Mm-hmm. Do something. You can do it. I believe you. I believe in you. And he's, Jesus is like, well, it's a good thing you believe in me because nothing is impossible. Mark is such an overlooked gospel. So many people oh, so good. really, like, that when they are pulling out their favorite gospel or their favorite synoptic gospel, Mark really does not get the appreciation it deserves because let me tell you, Mark has the most plot points of all of the gospels. It's the most action. It's the most stories with just the least amount of description. Obviously like Matthew has the most dialogue and Luke's. I was going to ask, is Mark the shortest? It's the shortest, uh, but it also has the most stories in it. It's kind of written almost like a film script where it's like this happened, this happened, this happened. Right, right, right. Scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus like all the other gospels are very much more heavy in description. Yeah. And we love I will that. say I do love, I love John. I love John. Mm-hmm. But Mark has some of my favorite depictions of healing. Mm-hmm. Like I love to read Mark when it comes to healing. Like when I'm just like, man, how did you do this, Lord? Like, and it, and then like Mark also had like some of the greatest, like like you're saying, like these movie scenes, because it's like only Mark had the story of the friends that lowered the the paralytic through the roof, and it's like again, it's like the the amount of belief and the amount of faith and in and in healing. Mm-hmm. Mark has the most deliverances in it as well. Very true. I know. Mark is where I go when I'm like, let me see if this is biblical when people vomit in buckets. Okay. I don't see that in Mark. Okay. So maybe we shouldn't be doing this. We should send a signed reading over to Isaiah Saldivar and, um, and to Alexander Pagani. I mean, and to Daniel Adams and tell them to read Mark. These are the type of people who get who get mad at the passion translation because they're just like, uh, like he's interjecting like you know verses. I'm like, well, you're interjecting deliverance, like you're interjecting things that Jesus never did. Brian Simmons is just translating. I mean, obviously he's not doing it on his own, but he's just translating scripture. You guys are literally making up practices and saying and and co-signing it with Jesus. Who's who's like who's in worse shape here? <laughs> like I don't understand. And you you hide it under the skies of ESV. Really, really embarrassing. Like it just, it, it just comes down to like what we keep saying is the simple gospel works. The simple gospel works. The cross is enough. The blood is enough to set you free. The sun sets free is free. Indeed. If the sun says that you're free, then you're free. Why are we complicating this? We don't believe Jesus. He says you're, we're free. We don't believe him. So we have to go off on our, our own little like tangent and our little mystery solving and uh, repenting for every sin that we've ever thought of and that our families could have possibly done just in case they did it. Not just believing that Jesus set you free because, um, because he set you free. And when he did it the first time it worked. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just, Just to remind you. 
on the note of Alexander Pagani, I have a did you hear? Oh, please tell me. So he posted this past week a map of New York City. And on each borough, he put a fivefold um, like title on it. So basically, okay, Alexander Pagani has a church called Amazing Church in the Bronx. Nice. And um, I actually don't know that much about his ministry, except for the Lord keeps cock blocking me from seeing him. So I, I, that's just that's do with that what you will. Um, but he labeled each borough and I don't know what he meant by this, whether he meant that this is the like character of that borough, which is likely what it meant and the, and the people within it. But I remember looking at it and being like, this is not the Lord. This is not the Lord when you label these boroughs. And I'm going to tell you mm. what he, he labeled them. So I'm going to start with Manhattan, Manhattan. He labored, he, he labeled Manhattan pastors. Anybody who's ever been to Manhattan knows that that's not accurate. He labeled Manhattan. Manhattan of all the boroughs is pastors. That to me says you're butthurt and you just because Manhattan is like, we're the main island. Everybody loves Manhattan. Manhattan is the star of the show. And you labeled them the like, if if you're going to rank the members of the fivefold, which they, they are like maybe. If, if you were to put it on a totem pole, it might be considered lower than the others. I don't do that, but some people do. And I feel like that was a butthurt thing for him to do. Yeah. Yeah. He labeled Staten Island teachers because he probably forgot about them to the end. No way. First of all, no. <laughs> Staten Island is not teachers. He labeled Queens evangelists. No way. Incorrect. The no home way. of Sesame Street is not the home of evangelists. Um, he labeled Brooklyn prophets. And he labeled the Bronx apostles. No. What was this? And, and, like, it, it's like a topsy-turvy town type thing. Because there's no way that uh, uh, the Bronx would be. The Bronx... The Bronx are not the apostles. If anybody's the apostles in the game, we're giving it to Manhattan. Um, if if first of all, I don't think it's biblical. I don't think the Lord, like when he came up with this idea, I bet he thought it was a Lord. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it was not the Lord. That was his feelings, that was his emotions. Um, none of these boroughs are a fivefold. But if they right. were, Manhattan would be the apostles. I'm actually okay with Brooklyn being prophets if if we're gonna label anybody. I think Queens would be teachers. Yes. Um, Staten Island, we would forget exists because even people in Staten Island forget they exist. Um, like, th- like what was like, this was so weird. Like I was like, if anybody has ever had any doubt in your theology and like in your approach to like the gospel and deliverance, this map would take any shred of credibility you still had and rip it right out of your hands. No, no. It's like the Keith Lee thing where people were mad because like someone told Keith Lee to go try a salmon chopped cheese. And uh, they were like, that sounds like somebody who visits New York and doesn't live in New York. Like, (laughs) obviously someone who lives in New York wouldn't have been like, hey, uh, go try a salmon chopped cheese. 
ready to continue if you are. I am so ready. And I think that commentary about like the recommendations of uh, New York food and the map was just the perfect juxtaposition. Right. Isn't that crazy? That was so funny. So spot on. I will say that also um, Keith Lee finally responded to all the people who were like, you know, uh, one thing about New York City is we don't care that Keith Lee is here. And Keith Lee like was like really petty because like in the comments on TikTok, they had coined the phrase the Keith Lee effect, basically saying like we are the anti Keith Lee effect. Like in New York City, we do not care if some place is like popular, like we don't believe in popular staples because in New York City, There's so many versions of everything. Like we know where to go to get a good slice of pizza. Like Mm -hmm. we have our favorites. If I want a bacon, egg and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup, I know where I'm, which bodega I'm going to go to. And Mm -hmm. so like they, like New York was kind of like, we don't care. And he like even said in his videos, he was like, New York was really trying hard to be like, we like, they were so anti, not just him, but he's like, New York City was so hard trying to prove a point that, like, we really don't care that you guys are here. But mm-hmm. he was like, either way, the restaurants I helped got blessed, and that was the whole point that I came. But I don't think he's coming back to New York City. Because the way New York City did not care that he was here. They really don't. Like, there were, like, five billion other celebrities just, like, living there and people visiting all the time. So, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right, so I have a did you hear for you. Tell me about it, stud. They kind of connect. And I, I'm like, I love how, like, we don't ever intentionally do it. I kind of realize it, like, as we're, like, pre-show. And I'm sure the producers get a little freaked out that we kind of just wing every episode. But <laughs> the producers know. are stressed in the sound booth right now. They are stressed. Like, I know. I keep ignoring the cue cards that they're holding up. But... <laughs> We still keep coming back for new episodes. So here we are. So um, Robbie Dawkins had posted on Facebook, you know, this like shirt, sweatshirt that had been going viral. Do you know what was on the sweatshirt? I do, but only because you showed it to me. (laughs) I ruined my own surprise. Okay. So Robbie Dawkins had posted a shirt that said on the front, Women should know their place in the church, which is like, that's a little bit of gawking. It's a little bit of a bait and switch. Cause then like, if he, if he would have been wearing that shirt in New York city, let me tell you, he probably wouldn't have made it to the subway. He wouldn't have, you would not have. And so then you turn around and the back of the shirt says apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher going in line with, with what you were just sharing. I, we haven't done this in a long time. This is only maybe the only second time that we've done this in the entire show. But remember when Rick Warren was like, yo, I apologize because I actually have like miscategorized women in the church. And so I'm taking it back because women are called to preach. Women are called to pastor, all that stuff. Right Mm -hmm. now, I don't think we only will do this when it has to do with women in ministry. It just happens to be coincidence that both times we've done this. It has been about women being in ministry. But I thought we should read the comments. I'm so excited for this. Please insert sound here. Okay. So. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to. It's one of my friends who commented this. So I'm going to read his comment first. But 
he uh Robbie Dawkins, all he said in his comment as he posted the picture of the shirt, he said, I gotta find me one of these shirts. I love it, right? Mm-hmm. And then my friend commented and said, Anyone got John MacArthur's mailing address? Hey! No. <gasps> oh my god, that flop should get that shirt, to be honest. Just the mailing address. I love it. All right. And so, you know, we got a lot of amens. We got like once somebody said where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Somebody said, um, I'm a fan. Women were prominent in both the Old and New Testaments. Um, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Robbie. We got a so taken out of scripture. So man pleasing. And somebody was like, bro, read the Bible. And then the uh, the onslaught continues, and it says the biblical qualifications of pastors are outlined in two primary New Testament passages. Guess which ones they are? It's the ones they always use: First Timothy three and Titus one. There are three terms used interchangeably in the New Testament to re- to refer to the highest church, the highest office in the church. Elder, overseer, and pastor, which means shepherd. All of them refer to the same office and all of them refer to men. See also, not see also, but it says see also 1 Timothy 2.11. The remaining quiet does not refer to complete silence at all times. It refers to women speaking prophecy during church. He continues to say, see also 1 Timothy 2.9. This guy goes on and it says that the rank of the order in the church, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. He says it's Christ, then man, then woman, then children. That is the ranking order. Except for um, Jesus basically said children were better than all of us because, um, they're the ones we need to be like to be in the kingdom. So they already got the order wrong. Oh, like children, highest, highest value in the kingdom. Highest value. Highest. So how, how are we going to trust like this? And also I'm not sure. Like, why aren't they quoting the verse about the, the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Yeah. Because if we're going to talk about ranking in the church, you can't not bring in that scripture. And if we're going to bring in that scripture, if the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets, how are we going to talk about that without discussing how there were female prophets in the old Testament? And if there were in fact, female prophets, Abigail, Deborah, to name a few, If those were female prophets in the Old Testament, how come in the New Testament we have rules that are actually more restrictive than the ones in the Old Testament? How does that make any sense? Because if the Son is who sets us free and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why is there a place that we are more bound in the current Testament than in the old one? (laughs) He answers that in, or he attempts to. I'm not saying that any of his answers are valid. This is the example of Priscilla and Aquila were was outside the church. This is why women are allowed to discuss doctrine in biblical studies and elsewhere. 
So we can do everything as long as we aren't doing it at church. Listen, this is the bottom line with this man is that he's okay with women's money, but not women's authority. I'm just, let's just say that. Um, You're okay when women ties to the church, but don't open your mouth. Open your purse. Priscilla (laughs) was not portrayed, was not portraying herself as the authoritative pastor of the church. That's what he puts in quotes. He said, for example, in my case, this is where he went wrong. I am not a person of authority holding sway over men in my church and my husband agrees with my doctrinal viewpoints. I'm just the mediator and a discussion leader who shares what I have learned with others outside of a church setting. I am so sorry that your um, marriage is subpar. Um, I don't wish that on anyone. I surely hope that your husband lets you speak at home and um, your story is not everyone else's. I will not uh, quote the person's name because I want to give you freedom, but your uh, story is not everyone. And like the way that you interjected yourself and was like, for example, in my home, I don't care about your home. Your home sounds scary. I hope you're not raising any girls. (laughs) <laughs> also, um, uh, there was another point I was going to make about that person, but I will say that this, the, the way that like they laid out for Timothy too, da, 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 this sounds like a cemetery graduate, seminary graduate. And so um, that's also why I'm not taking this person seriously. This person was so easily like debunked without any effort, like literally like. Even just that, like, ranking that they put that wasn't based on scriptures just undermines any knowledge that anyone perceived they may have had. They obviously don't have it. Yes. Yes. Um, Where's the, uh, I meant to say, oh, someone commented the age old. This is, this is the, this is the Facebook comment of all Facebook comments. I feel like when you are a Christian. You shouldn't have like a keyboard with tab, caps, lock, shift, enter, return, delete. You should have a button that says chapter and verse, please. And when you hit that button, it immediately says that sentence for you. Because Mm -hmm. Christians love to condescendingly comment that. They do. Like, honestly, you need an automatic button. Just make it easy for yourself. Make it easy. Just make it easy. The Christian version of the MacBook, the Christian version of the Dell PC, like just for your convenience, updated version. LOL. So Rayma Trainer was the one who like, I think designed the t-shirt. So she commented on Robbie Dawkins like post and was like, hey, you can find the original right here. And uh, wouldn't she know she's using Printify? She was my pastor at Liberty in New York City. L O L. She's actually amazing. She like, sorry, I need water. Brema's amazing. She's been really popping off in her posts on social media. And if you are lucky enough to be friends with her on Facebook, she's got so much great information about the fivefold. Yes. And she's, um, she's definitely an apostle. And I, this is just the beginning of her ministry. What she's, doing now she's the beginning she's really tight with charlie champ um and she is based in atlanta and she is really popping off on a lot of 
um, really good intel for the church right now. And um, she started the Revive the Way churches, the house nice. churches that are in New York City and, yes. and in Atlanta and um, growing all over the world. They are planting in, in different places with people who are partnered with them in many locations. I know there was a Charlotte one that was getting started mm-hmm. around the time that I left. Thank God they need it. So anyway... Thank you, Rayma Trainer, for your service. I look forward to your apostolic ministry blowing up. I uh, I think that oh, maybe she didn't d- originally designed it, designed it. I think she put it on her website because she so- has like original versions that are used. She said she used with permission the original. Got like, it. Because okay. somebody else. That they just linked that person was like, actually, this is the original, which she probably should have said that because she made it seem like she designed it. Um, and then somebody commented was like, actually, this person designed it. Um, going on to some of the comments that I won't like go into full detail, but there was um, someone was like, hey, uh, of course, reference, always asking about the references. The, when we pe- When people ask for the reference of a theological thought, um, just know that they're triggered and they're insecure and you triggered something that they feel insecure about. And so they will hit you with the chapter and verse. They will hit you every time. Um, some comments that are super problematic is people like every other three comments is what about first Timothy two? What about first Timothy three? What about when there are not to teach or use super 30? And then you did have somebody who did bring up Deborah and somebody was like, that was the old Testament. People love to say that. So, like, basically you're saying that we should be Jewish instead of Christian. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Someone said, what size do you wear? I may be able to get this for you in organic cotton made in the U.S. and not China. (laughs) Oh, my God. Y'all are wild for that one. (sighs) (laughs) Christians, man... Spirit of division is is thick in the church, and um, it might it might be due to the fact that we decided to make denominations. Yes, hello, that may Maybe have been where we, we let it in. That may have been the first mistake. Um, I think I think that was it because I mean it starts getting a little dark. People start like chiming in all our stuff. There, somebody did say something, and I was like, mm, "Reread your Bible." Oh, it was someone. This guy was like, "Um, all Christians are called to be apostolic." Hold pause. <laughs> hey, slow down there because that no no baby <laughs> maybe prophetic. There's some people that I'm really glad don't have apostolic influence. Yes, prophetic. All people are have the ability. All those who know the Holy Spirit have the ability to prophesy, not apostolic. Slow down. That's like influencers. If everybody's influencing, then no one's an influencer. If everyone's apostolic, then there's no apostle. Oy vey. It's so embarrassing. I'm like having flashbacks right now to people who like told me they were doing apostolic things and like wanted to be apostolic and i'm like i'm really glad you don't have influence i'm just really happy the lord has capped you people are acting like they can do like 
fivefold things without the grace of the Lord. Yes. Like those, those things are mantles. Those mantles have responsibilities and you will not be able to carry them nor have influence with them unless the Lord did it. Yes. I agree. Um, so connecting to, um, connecting to this problematic onslaught of whether or not women should be in authority. Um, did you hear Jamie Mm -hmm. about all of these presidentes who have been asked to resign from their college campuses? I did not hear about this actually. Please tell me. Okay. So these presidents, presidents, plural, have been asked to resign from their college campuses because Hey, little did they know there's a lot of anti anti-Semitism that has been hidden among college campuses. First of all, it's not only anti-Semitic that has been breeding at college campuses, but also Marxism. And so, and Marxism will be the father of anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, where do you think Hitler got it from? Um, so as they have been pumping your students, your children with uh, Marxist beliefs and actually have been rotting your children's brains for the past four years while you made them go eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 in debt. Um, now, not only is your child in debt, but they need counseling and people are starting to catch on and um, they have caught on to the anti-Semitic spirit that has been living on campuses. Mm. And it took the tragedy, the horror of what happened on October 7th for people to realize like, wow, there's a lot of people who hate Jews for no reason whatsoever. They may have been raised to hate Jews. They have may have been taught to hate Jews. They have been misinformed to hate Jews or to just kind of consider Jewish people as like second class citizens, like either be that as it may on college campuses, you know, the liberal places where we want to defend everyone unless you are um, a critical thinker or Jewish on college campuses, this anti-Semitic spirit has been um, brought to light. And because of that, some of these, uh, campuses, these colleges have been doubling down on their anti-Semitism. Like you would think that they'd be like, Hey, whoa, slow, hold on, pump the brakes. Maybe we didn't mean to be that blunt, but some of them have doubled down on their statements and their students have been like, Oh no, we mean what we say. In addition to the students that have been, okay, pause. One of my favorite things that I have seen on TikTok are the, um, are the people who are getting exposed for ripping down posters. Mm -hmm. Social media is a war zone. Okay. Your first mistake was to think that you could let somebody film you and you wouldn't be found. Not even the FBI can hide from TikTok. Okay. (laughs) You will be discovered. And so these people left and right have been like, you know, and wouldn't you know, they're all from, all of them are from liberal colleges, highly esteemed, prestigious 
liberal colleges, these students who've been caught like ripping down, you know, um, the posters of the hostages where people are just, hey, join in with us in praying and hoping and believing for the hostages to be brought home. And these uh, liberal robots, these liberal zombies that you call college students have been ripping down posters for no other reason other than believing that these hostages don't deserve to have someone waiting for them at home. So these students, of course, have doubled down. Not all of them have been highlighted, but those that have been, that have been getting the attention that they have been desiring, caught the attention of a lot of their board members. They're very wealthy board members. Mm-hmm. Um, so these these campuses are losing millions of dollars um, from their board members millions of dollars in donations. I mean, it's not even hundreds of thousands. It is millions of dollars. Are you dumb? And so um, the amount of loss that they have experienced has caused them to find a scapegoat. And these campuses chose their presidents because why not cut it off at the head? The uh, campuses who partook in the uh, public stoning of their uh, leaders have been um, MIT, Harvard, and Penn State. Wow, the Ivy League. Who knew that they were evil and also not very bright? Um. I would just like to just say to these members of the Ivy League, although, frankly, I think the whole Ivy League needs to hear this, but just these three right now. You're not very pretty and you're not very bright. Actually, MIT, I don't think is Ivy League, but they're up there with the they're like the Ivy League of science. And they are. They are. opposed to you, too. They are. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm just I'm disappointed that um, two of these schools are in Boston. Um, because come on guys, come on guys, get it together. You are in a, a rich Catholic, um, and reform history state. And there's no reason for this much hatred. Right. Towards the people, especially Harvard who like Harvard literally started as a seminary, seminary, (laughs) that's Um, how was it princeton also mm -hmm, yep that sucks yale did i think as well um because i think if i remember correctly this may still be a thing but there's like a like way that you can get um like a, a like i forget whether it's like a a master's with with a bachelor's doing this or whether it's some other like accolade with your diploma if you major in um greek hebrew and latin because then you're able to read the vulgate the um manuscripts for the new testament and the septuagint and of course the old testament wow mm-hmm. and you can get that where yale mm. mm-hmm. 
I'm sure Harvard has something similar, but it's really ridiculous considering their history. It's all like theologians. Right. And ones that actually loved the Lord. Imagine that. <laughs> they are so, they're in heaven embarrassed right now. Agreed. At what has happened. Agreed. I mean, MIT doesn't have a history of um, the Lord, but for sure Harvard does. Right. Um, and I don't know they should know better. Because um, I'm so, I just every time somebody brings up Pennsylvania, I'm like, oh yeah, that exists. Oh my god, the state. I mean, like Penn State, as far as in the Ivy League, it's like you always, whenever somebody's <laughs> like, name the Ivy League schools, and you name them they're like Yale, Harvard, <laughs> Columbia, like Princeton, you name them all, and then you're like, what was that other one? Right. <laughs> what was that other one? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It it sucks, but we didn't make the rules. Yeah. They're like the, the, the pinky toe, you know? Like <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like how necessary is it? Could we switch in like some like a lot of times people f- will forget Penn State and they'll put in Stanford. Like True. They'll be like Stanford. No, Stanford's not an Ivy League because you have to we're we're talking about the start of colleges in this country and Stanford's West Coast. There's no way that was at the start of our country. So but people will think it's Stanford. And they uh, will, but you know why? Because Stanford sounds like sounds like a Ivy League school, and it sounds like it could belong in Connecticut as well as it belongs in California. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, we didn't make it up. Um, (laughs) but I will read you the names and tell me what you believe that they all have in common. Tell me. Claudine Gay. Okay. Elizabeth McGill. And Sally Cornburn. This sounds like three loaves of white bread. It does. Uh, it, it does like sound like three loaves of flavorless unleavened <laughs> white bread. But um, actually, it is... <laughs> Uh, Claudine Gay, I believe, is African-American. Wow. Yes, she is. She's African-American. But if you... if you sure she's not multigrain? I would have to find out. Flavorless, of course. (laughs) Um, But uh, if you... If the the listeners and viewers haven't figured it out, they're all women. And so, um, interesting. So, uh, I don't know what we're going to do with that, but it's interesting to know, to notice who took the, who took the heat. And as they have taken the heat, we're watching them burn and now they're jobless. Oh, well, (laughs) isn't that just the consequences of their actions? Every time. Every time. Crash takes itself out every time. Every time. And so, um, do I feel bad? No. There's like this, like this one guy off of Wall Street. He was like a like a finance. He was like a he had like a high position in finance. And then I think his wife was a nurse. And they were Middle Eastern. And um they had gotten 
um, they had gotten recorded ripping, ripping off uh, signs. And this guy lost his job like that. Lost his job like that. And I, and I don't feel bad at all. You are, it's the actions of your consequences and you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And so here we are. And so I have been like, oh, you know, it kind of is unfortunate, blah, blah, blah. But like, no, no, I don't feel bad. So here we are. I'm thrilled to be honest. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not like, Oh, isn't that too bad? I'm like, I am rejoicing. Uh, rejoicing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, that's it for my, did you hear? I didn't like, uh, did you have anything else? Um, I do want to briefly touch on something that maybe only matters to me. Yeah. Let's but, do uh, it. Because I have a little bit of industry inside scoop. Um, I feel like I have a unique angle on this story. Um, so, um, I want to bring up, um, what Shannon Doherty recently. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so Shannon Doherty, for those of you who don't know, is an actress who is probably most famous for Beverly Hills 90210. But in 1998, she was, um, the, probably the star of the WB show Charmed which ran for three seasons with her as a lead. And somewhere at the end of the third season, she left the show and there were a lot of rumors as to why Um, her co-stars, Holly Marie Combs and Alyssa Milano stayed in the show. They killed her character off and they had to make up a fourth sister because they were three sisters. Um, And they had to make up a fourth sister because of the lore of the show, which I'm not going to go into because I don't glorify witchcraft. Um, but they did, um, put Rose McGowan in the show and I love Rose McGowan. I've worked with her. I think she's a high quality person and, um, just so much love for her. So anyway, um, the, the news came out that Shannon Doherty blamed her charmed co-star Alyssa Milano for the rift that she had, um, with Holly Marie Combs. Mm. So, um, Holly um, and Shannon are actually known for being really close friends. And the reason why Holly was cast on Charmed um, was especially due to Shannon. And um, they are actually still friends. I don't know if this drama has been cleared up, but what happened uh, with this was um, her, she quotes her friendship with Holly was affected by the competitiveness she said she felt between herself and Alyssa. It was really interesting of her. Shannon told Holly during the December 11th episode of her iHeartRadio podcast. Let's be clear. Um, that she was trying to pull you away from me. So during the show's second season, Holly underwent surgery to remove a potentially cancerous tumor. And afterwards, Shannon claims that Alyssa and her mom prevented the prevented Shannon from visiting her during the recovery process. Mm. So she um, waited 24 hours after the surgery to go. And she was, it was really difficult for her to get into the hospital. And then she was being told that she couldn't get in. And Alyssa and her mom were blocking people from seeing her um, and not telling Holly that they were blocking people from seeing her. Right. And so this is, um, if it's the second season of shows is like 99, 2000. She recalled, I remember you texted me. The second season, you said? The second season. um, 
So this would be, yeah, 99, 2000. Wow. Here. And uh, she recalled, I remember you texted me, dude, are you going to come and see me? Um, and Shannon said that she felt guilt and regret. She also felt my anger at the situation of not being allowed to come see you and how a sort of family had swooped in um, and caused a weird divide between the two of us that continued throughout season two, where I think I cried every single night. Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Holly said that she was raised by teenage parents and didn't have a big family. So when this family swooped in and tried to adopt her, it was very seductive for her. And she also wanted everybody to get along. Anybody who has seen Holly or any of the characters she's played, she's very non-confrontational. Right, right, right. She just wanted everybody to get along and wanted the show to be successful. Um, and she's very PC when she talks about, like, there are no good guys or bad guys on set and in this. Um, and Shannon said, I think a lot of our struggle came from feeling that I was in competition. Uh, rather than it being that sisterhood the show was so much about. And I have so much guilt about my my part in that. Mm. And Shannon's really like PC about this, but I'm I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna make a clear side here. But Shannon says I have respect for her, great actress, loves her family so much, and I just wish I could have felt strong enough in who I was to recognize that back then. Right. Um. So. Those of us who are like in the know to this feud and also to the character of Alyssa Milano as a person, um, Alyssa does not have a great reputation for being um, truly kind. She's one of those um, celebrities, and I could name like quite a few who are like this, who are like very personable and friendly to their fans. But if they feel threatened by you, they will be fully evil. Like they will. Um, what it takes to undertake you um, right. type of, of person. Right. And while I do think that Shannon wasn't perfect in this situation, I do think that what's interesting is how much control Alyssa took over the show. Right. And um, in becoming an ex- executive producer before the rest of the girls, having a lot of power over the other actors in the show, um, tying Rose McGowan into a contract that she did not want to be in. Um, and not that she was the only person who played a part in that, but there was a lot of uh, control over the show that she was taking. What was really meant to be um, a spelling vehicle, uh, meaning Aaron spelling for his beloved stars. And he loved no she was the it girl of 90210. And that was his baby. Like that yes. show was his baby. And that was the show his daughter was on Tori spelling. Tori. So, um, what I wanted to add to this was, so there were rumors going around that, um, that is just industry knowledge. So as far as I know, this is not outside of the industry. I'm spilling some tea here. Um, and I will not say who released this information to me, but basically the, the word on the street was that Shannon was fired from the show because she was consistently showing up late to set and not just a little bit late, but hours late. And in general, disrespecting people's time. Now, I don't know what it's like working with Shannon, but I do know that any woman humble enough to do some made-for-TV movies in between doing 90210 and doing Charmed is not the type of person who would disregard a syndicated television show. Right. I personally think, this is my personal opinion, this is not 
scoop. I personally think that Alyssa made the environment so toxic that she probably dreaded getting to set. Yes. And I have been in situations where I have been friends with people who were abusive. And before I had language for it and knew how to deal with it or confront it, I would be late all the time. And they would be like, you really disrespect me. You're always late. And I was like, oh, I, it must be me. I'm the problem. But I can't figure out why I can't get here on time. And it's because I'm dreading <laughs> being with you because you're abusive. And personally, I think that the environment on set was toxic because of the dynamic that Alyssa brought to set. And the other thing I need to note is that Alyssa does not have a good relationship with Rose McGowan either. Rose McGowan has spoken negatively about Alyssa and about her family and about her, um, her, where her loyalties lie and the type of person that she is. And when she was exposing all of this, when she was really coming to the forefront of, Um, With the Me Too movement and the release of her book, she was really vocal about the the type of person that Alyssa was. Right. So I think that the issue here that you really see is there's a common denominator when it comes to two of the leads of the show. The one person who's in the middle is, as we've already seen, really avoidant of confrontation, really not combative, very passive. Mm. So you can't really um, equate a a passive person's loyalty to much. Mm. In this case, Holly Marie Combs is almost negligible in her opinions um, and thoughts on any party in the situation. But I think it's really indicative of Alyssa's character if two strong women who, in my opinion, have a strong tie to their values, be they good or be they bad, are they right or wrong? Either way, these women know what they believe. They know why they believe it and they stick to what they believe. And I think that's what Shannon and Rose have in common. And both of these women have major, major issues with Alyssa. So I just wanted to, um, to bring this to light, to, to say that there are a lot of celebrities out there who everybody has really good reviews of them in public. And yet there are all these little tiffs in the industry and you're like, what is going on? These are not good people. These are nice people, not good people. And there's a difference. And so I just wanted to to say publicly, I stand with Shannon Doherty. I shan- of course. I stand with Rose McGowan when it comes to um, the toxicity that Alyssa Milano brings to set. Of course. Can I um, interject with... Absolutely. Um, can I interject with the known comments that Rose McGowan has made? Please, please. So, um, oh, I'm making sure the puppy's not around. Um, so Rose McGowan is the one who had called her a lizard person. I didn't know this. Interesting. She called her Rose McGowan called Alyssa Milano a lizard person. Even mm-hmm. in the article, it was like air quotes because they're just like, whatever that means. We know what it means. Okay. And um, Alyssa, uh, uh, Rose McGowan had also called Alyssa a Me Too fraud. Yeah, oh. this girl has not liked her. This is not, she has not liked her. I'm just going to briefly read the, the bullet points. 
briefly read the bullet points to you. It says the 47 year old actress and her a- and activist slammed Milano for dismissive comments she made ab- about her in August of last year. McGowan had previously accused her co-star of being a me too fraud. And she continued her assault on the times up organization in her latest post. She's accused Milano of being complicit with Hollywood's abusers because of her ties to the CAA and wouldn't you know, Milano's husband, Bill Gallery, or whatever his name is, is a CAA agent. Mm-hmm. And yes, McGowan claims in a previous interview that the agency was part of the pimp problem in Hollywood. A hundred percent. So, you know, in case, you know, in case you reach the point of the podcast where you're like, you, you're like, what do you, what are you girls talking about? Why are you talking about it? And why should I care? Well, to that I say, welcome to the Happy and Holy Podcast, where we are the um, podcast that talks about kingdom and culture. Uh, we dive into social commentary, we talk about a little bit of journalism and a whole lot of Bible, and we tie it all through the uh, net that is the finished work of the cross, as we see things through the lens of the gospel. And so these things matter. Why do these things matter? Because you need to know the people that you support. Mm-hmm. And somewhere down the line, you may have supported the show. You may have supported uh, Melissa. Uh, Melissa. Alyssa Milano is like a child actor, right? Yeah. Alyssa Milano is a child actor who was on Who's the Boss. Right. She's been around for a hot minute. And and just as just a side note, Alyssa Milano also is a nasty person. Mm-hmm. she's mean she's mean spirited she's spiteful she's got a very sharp tongue and i only know that from how she had went completely feral during covid she did absolutely go bonkers during covid it was embarrassing like why her um tiktok was not, not her tiktok why well her TikTok should have also gotten shot shot down but her ex ex account should have gotten deactivated <laughs> so um yeah Alyssa Milano is just not a nice person so Rose McG- McGowan's just like I'm not gonna be quiet about being the nice the, about her not being a nice person and then Rose McGowan was like bonus tip her husband is a part of the pimp problem I love yeah. it I love the energy that Rose is is, is given us I love Rose. Um, she is, what's interesting about her, she, her morals are very much her own. Her values are very much her own. She's not owned by anyone. Um, she's very much a lone wolf in her fight. And I feel yeah. like she, like being with her, like she, it's very clear she doesn't trust anyone. Um, and I, I hope that she does find a group of people she can trust, although I don't know how she will, where she's at. But I will say this, that girl tells the truth. And yeah. she tells it like it is. And she has a very clear way of looking at things more so than a lot of people, more so than a lot of Christians. I agree. I agree. Uh, the last quote I'll read of McGowan. And she said, she was like, remember the, uh, remember when Hollywood actresses and paid activists, she called them paid off activists wore stupid black dresses at the Oscars. And she was like, that was sponsored by Time's Up, who were meant to help the women, or uh, they were meant to help abuse victims. So she wrote that in like this like caption that blew up on social media, I think around 2020. And she goes, I told the world, I told the world that there was a lie three years ago, three years ago, 
that what they were doing at the Oscars was a lie. It was staged. And then Rose was like, I was mocked and harassed by so many people who wanted to believe the illusion. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, wake up. (laughs) The hard truth is inconvenient and uncomfortable, which goes along the lines of what you're saying about why you love her so much. Cause she's like, Hey, sorry. Like I hate to pull the sunshine from your under your ass, but, um, hard truths are inconvenient and uncomfortable at times. And so she was like, suck it up. Um, She was like the time's up movement, the, the it's all fake. It's performative and like they're stage profiteers. Mm -hmm. And so um, Milano and all these people were all wearing their blank dresses in 2008, 2019, 2020 and all stuff being like, I'm here to support the victims. And she's like, your husband's a part of the problem. You're literally, you are the bad guy. It's you. Mm-hmm. So that's the fun yeah. part. Ooh, it's I, the fun part. I love that Shannon Doherty copied our idea to have a podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Shannon, come. I mean, mm-hmm. if Shannon, if you ever want, like, if you ever want to come on our show, mm-hmm. by all means. You know, she is uh, a Southern girly and she was raised Southern Baptist. Girl, we mm-hmm. got time. We got time. I would love that. I would absolutely squeal with delight. We got time for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll like we'll, we can move on to our next segment. Like, thanks for yeah. hanging out for Did you hear? We're just catching up on life. Here we are. Here we are. Um, we'll move on. Um, we'll do a quick little get it together maybe maybe we'll step into a little good theology bad theology who knows who knows where we go next Ricky Jervis. Oh, Callie Heigenthal's going to be leading worship in New York for Bethel, New York. Oh, she's going to move there for it? No, she's going to just lead there. An event kind of vibe? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, girl, you got a family. (laughs) What are you doing? Don't you ever. Millennial Trends made the nastiest of guys the hottest guys. Remember how we used to be like down bad for guys that were really gross? Are you kidding me? My life was pop punk. Emo yeah. alternative. I, I love the, the dirtier you, the dirtier you look, the better. Like I'm like, were were your fingernails dirty or are they painted black? Like I, if you could get your hair to scoop, I was in love with you. If I ran my fingers through your hair and my fingers got stuck, immediately have my number. <laughs> uh, those boys were a problem. They had me choke the um studded belt guys we're gonna step into a little did no whoa pause cut rewind we're gonna step into a little get it together get it together is one of my favorite segments it really is you just call a segment your favorite they're like your children but i will Get It Together is my favorite segment. Mm-hmm. Get It Together, if you're new here, is our healthy rant session, mm-hmm. in which we 
call out the dysfunction in something and then call it back into alignment by telling it to get it together. And so um, Jamie's going to kick it off with our first get it together. Thank you, Wen. I would like to start by telling you a story. (laughs) So I do my best to dress trendy because I'm in a certain stage of life. And I don't need people thinking that I have a family or kids because I don't. So I try to dress trendy. So I'm on my way to Wen's and I put on a t-shirt, those boxy t-shirts that are so hot right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of what jean to pair it with. So I pair it with this kind of baggy wide leg jean that has rips in the knees, which I hate rips in the knees, but I just like the cut of these jeans when I got them and I'm wearing them together. I go outside to start loading my car and I realize that I'm dressed very masculine. I'm dressed very trendy, (laughs) but I'm also dressed very masculine. (laughs) And frankly, I look like a lesbian. Here's the thing. Nobody likes lesbians. Let's be so for real right now. Lesbians don't like lesbians. Straight girls don't like lesbians. Gay men don't like lesbians. Straight men don't like lesbians. Nobody likes lesbians. Okay? So I don't know why we're looking like them right now. (laughs) And aesthetically, they're not something to aspire to. So I'm realizing that I look gross. I've also been in situations where I've been hit on by lesbians and I just don't need to encourage that. No. And it happens when I'm dressed really trendy because Gen Z's, their style is very lesbian. So I go back inside and I'm like, I have to make a decision. I can either wear these trendy jeans and look cool and hip, or I can put on a skinny jean and look straight and flatter my body. And what ended up winning out was what makes my butt look better. Now, I know that you don't see my butt. You see the top <laughs> half of my body. But if I had the choice, go to her Instagram. My legs would be up here and my my upper body would be at my feet. And oh. I would wear my butt as my front because that is how much beauty Confidence. my butt has. I love it so much. I want everyone to see my butt. I love it. You know, like the shape. So (laughs) I put on the skinny jeans and I realize, wow, I actually look really good. I need to tell Gen Z and whoever is making the decisions about what is in style right now that the aesthetic choices that you are making are not beautiful. They do not flatter anybody's body, woman or man. They are making it difficult for young people to know what their sexual identity is because everybody is dressed so androgynous. And I just need to bring up some millennial trends that are for the people. Millennial trends are democracy. Millennial trends are fairness. And Gen Z is elitist and ugly. Right. Millennial trend. Like I stated, skinny jeans makes everybody look good. It flatters everyone's bottom. It shows the feminine shape. It also shows off men's shape as well. Skinny jeans are great. Um, 
I don't wear them much anymore because I'm embarrassed, but I hate that because we all looked good in them. They also don't drag on the floor getting mud and water and gross stuff that trails behind us now that we have wide leg and flare. Mm. I love a flare, um, but you can you can't wear it when it rains and they get really gross at the bottom. Skinny jeans really solve this problem. They're so easy to tuck into boots. You can show your whole boot. You don't have to hide your boot and nobody gets to see your cool shoe. You can actually tuck it into your boot and you've got like a really cool, like you see your leg, you see the boot. And last trend I'm going to bring up that millennials did, because I could go on and on about why millennial trends are just better for everybody's body and for their face is um, I'm just going to bring up very briefly the side part because side parts are for asymmetrical faces. And I don't know anybody who outside of modeling in Hollywood, not even actors, actors do not have symmetrical faces for the most part, but models usually have a symmetrical face. But outside of the small cast of people that is highly paid models in New York, usually sometimes LA, rarely, sometimes in Europe, sometimes. 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 Don't even get me started on modeling and modeling agencies, but those are the only people that have symmetrical faces. The rest of us need to be realistic. We do not have symmetrical faces. We are not that beautiful. We cannot be handling a side, uh, a, a middle part. Most of our faces do not look best like this. Oh, the side part is the great equalizer. It makes us all look beautiful. Whether you are symmetrical or asymmetrical, the side part will bring you out at your best. And I think overall, we need to agree that millennial trends are for making people look beautiful. And Gen Z trends are for making people look lesbian. And I'm here to call Gen Z into alignment to show off your beauty. I'm dead. Stop having issues with your body. You're beautiful. If the millennials who grew up being told that Jessica Simpson was fat and that everybody, like they were fat and everybody was fat and they had to go on crazy diets. If we can grow up and wear tight clothes, then you who are free to have whatever body type you want, you are capable of wearing tight clothes. We need to to bring our beauty back. We need to show off those curves. We need to re- remind men when they go for a woman, what it is they're getting. Because they're getting Oof. a lot that Oof. we're not showing off. And that's why they're confused. Oof. So bring back every millennial trend ever. So that I can stop getting hit on by women. <gasps> Terrible. Terrible, but true. Like, you know, I'm just saying it's a very unfortunate situation we have going on here. Maybe that's something we can leave behind in 2023. Can we please stop? I have nothing to wear on dates that's trendy. You kind of, you have to be a pioneer. Mm-hmm. You have to be a pioneer. I'm just going to start dressing like Posh Spice. That will never go out of season. I'm just going to wear, like, she wore skinny pants, skinny leather pants. She also was definitely skinny. There was that. There's also that. She didn't, she actually will straight up tell people she doesn't eat. But she's for real about it. She's like, look, I want to look like this. I don't eat. I just, I don't eat. I never watched her documentary. I don't know if you did, but her face looks like she doesn't eat. That's the unfortunate thing. You stop eating. If you, you, you 
it's like that your body will give it away if you starve yourself there's that old saying after a certain age you have to choose your ass or your face that's so funny i always tell you jay that somewhere down the line because gen z are elitists um, they're the ones that love to steal trends, repurpose it, recycle it, and then present it as if it was their own idea. Um, the Gen Z's are the ones that will that have cultivated this form of fashion. And I've always said it's because how whatever eating disorder, whatever terrible diet they developed when they were younger, and they bought into the lie that thin is in thin thin stopped being in 2008 mm-hmm. you know 2008 i mean at a circa ashley graham like thin just stopped being in and so they were trying to bring the twiggy thing back and it backfired and now they all like because you know, they all fabricated their image on Instagram because they're just like, I'm not curvy, but let me alter these photos so I can present myself as curvy, but I'm actually really skinny because I don't eat. Um, And if I don't, and if I do eat, I don't eat well. And so basically they screwed up their bodies. And um, because of that, there are two extremes. And the extreme is you're going to be um, morbidly obese or you're going to be anatomically anorexic. And unfortunately, um, the only style, the only style of fashion that can cover the bookends is current Gen Z fashion, Mm -hmm. which is the baggy shirts, the um, bootcut jeans. That's why they shame the millennials out of skinny jeans. Well, skinny jeans show off your figure. And so they could, I see it in Dallas all the time. And I'm like, oh, like this girl's like super cute. And all you have is your face. So they think, okay, now what they see and what I see are two totally different things. There are tons of pretty girls, gorgeous girls, gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Um, Amazing. Like, you know, like everybody has their own shape and size and color and it's amazing and it's beautiful. But what they see is the two extremes. And um, what they tried to make as the comeback, as the Twiggy fashion, didn't work. Not everyone has the body type for that. And what does that ensue? That ensues terrible body dysmorphia. And Gen Z is the generation of body dysmorphia. So it's easier. Um, you know, some people, they have. there's two options. Either they work out and they uh, they work out and they... Um, shape their body into a way of what they want it to look like, or they just put up with their current image. I- I'm not saying that uh, Chunky is in. I'm not saying that the skinny mini is the way to go. I'm not saying that like being super round and curvy is is what's cute. I'm just saying that what they have determined as fashion is to cover up the dysfunction of what they see in the mirror. And so body dysmorphia, where you see yourself in the mirror and you're never happy with your body. Um, And it's not only a Gen Z thing, but I will say that the current fashion is the byproduct of the body dysmorphia. And unfortunately it uh, polluted the surrounding 
generations. And so millennials then, when they tried to figure their way into Gen Z fashion, um, because Gen Z wanted to like, when did we start letting the younger sibling make fun of us? And we get offended. Especially when they were trying to be us for so long. When did when did that start happening? Anyway. And when do we start taking it? We need to start t- we need to start fighting back and saying. calling them like, for their crap. Like like their decisions are more embarrassing than millennial decisions. One thousand percent. And I'm saying that they were they would say something like they would point out something that we're doing or wearing and then they'd be like, <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> you actually think that's cute? And then they like millennials listened and they were like, Oh my gosh, why am I wearing this? Because our butts look good. Oh my gosh, why are we using those emojis? Oh my gosh, why are we still using LOL? Like, it's weird. You're weird. Gen Z is weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys need, you need parents. That's really what you need. That's what Mm -hmm. you needed to begin with. Anyway, all that to say is that that's why the fashion that Gen Z has now, the baggy hoodies, the big overflowing t-shirts, the bootcut jeans, um, the, the like when did the me- messy bun not like be cool anymore I they took away the messy, the messy bun, bun. and Can it's I because they you? ruined their hair they can't yes. do the messy bun because they ruined their hair and they didn't have hair long enough to do the messy bun or they ruined their hair from all the youtube university hairstylists and they ruined their hair and then went to try to do the messy bun their broken hair or frayed and so you didn't get the messy bun look so they wanted to convince you the messy bun wasn't in I think also on the note of hair, the slicked hair, the clean girl aesthetic, people have been saying on TikTok that they're losing hair at their temples, um, at their hairlines, like because they're pulling it so tight, they're also um, experiencing like aging because of it. Yes. And um, so that's long-term problem. But on a short-term problem, if you like go to the gym, there's this girl who's the hot girl anthropologist on TikTok. And she's a millennial who is just trying to stay trendy. And she was like making this video, like I could look hotter at the gym and she has like this low pony and it's like, it's not super um, loose or tight. It's just kind of somewhere in the middle. And someone was like, you have to like slick your hair and that's, what's going to make you hotter. Here's the thing. If you have curly hair or even if you have straight hair and most people know, like you can't wash your hair every day. That's not healthy for it. Um, I had like crazy bad dandruff and then was like buying dandruff shampoo. And it turns out the solution was like, just don't wash your hair every day. And it went away. Like we should not be washing our hair every day. We should not be giving this much money to L'Oreal who owns like almost every shampoo brand at the drugstore. But if you slick your hair and you gel your hair and it's super tight, you're going to have to wash that out. And if you have curls, it's going to ruin your hair for like days. Like you have to, there's no way to get that style out except by washing it. Yep. And so, um, it just sucks because the messy bun was easy. It was like, if you have whatever texture, you have a messy bun and we all agree that it looks cute. You pull your hair down, it falls back into waves. It looks gorgeous. You don't have to wash it. It's just easy. It was such an easy easy. life. Like Gen Z made everything so hard. And for what? And for why? And to like top it all off, losing hair at your at your edges, like why are you doing this to yourself? Like messy bun would never do you dirty like that. Terrible idea. So I hope you, those who have been listening, have been um awakened and and that the spell has been broken 
mm-hmm. and that you be set free from yeah. the chains of Gen Z culture. Do not let them dictate how you dress, how you text, how you speak. Mm-hmm. Don't let them do it. Who has bewitched you? Generation Z. But who the sun sets free is free indeed. It's free. Put your hair up. And, and, and I will say that Gen Z is not the enemy. Uh, Gen Xers created this monster. They did. <clears throat> They're probably the bulk of the parents of Gen Z. Jennifer. Yeah, you guys created this monster and like the millennials are just dealing with it. But mm-hmm. like you guys created like you guys, the Gen Z is not the enemy. Like this is just the byproduct of bad parenting. And here we are. And now we're cleaning up the mess. Mm-hmm. And so the older sibling is here and we have been put back in the proper place of the hierarchy and now we're we're done. We're over it. We are taking back our position. And we're going to go back to bullying and making fun and teasing the younger sibling, which is Generation Z. You guys are not the future because guess what? We're still alive. Mm -hmm. I don't know why the church does this toxic thing of just like the Gen Z are our future. Like we're not, we're not standing here. Like they don't see us. We're, we're literally standing right here. And so, and, and this is not spoken as somebody who is like a bitter, like I am not the bitter sibling at home. I really could care less what Gen Z does. It's actually just sad seeing them run around the way that they are because we will continue to be the cleaning crew to Generation Z because um, the Xers, the millennials and Gen Z themselves are all enabling Gen Z. And you I still agree. are. And guess what? Gen Z is going to be the butt end of the joke of Gen Alpha. Oh, I can't wait for that. But I will say too, like on the note of no bitterness, it's sort of like um, we've gone through something and we're warning you because it was only a few years ago that they were like, and it was a, a very brief moment in time where they were giving millennials everything. We had our own color. We had millennial pink. They were like, you're the hope of the future. Um, the show younger, like, was all about like how great millennials were and try everybody trying to fit in with millennial culture. They gave it to us for five years. They were just <laughs> piling on the encomiums and then it all went away without ever actually building us up into the people that they said that we would be no support to actually reach the goals that they said that we would acquire. Mm-hmm. And they, they just will do this with every generation. They're going to use you and they're going to toss you out like trash on Friday. That's that's what they do to every young generation. They're like, oh, my God, you're the hope of the future. And then they're like, actually, you're tired, sad, and embarrassing. This is something worth digressing on a whole nother episode. Honestly. Just so that you guys aren't hearing what we aren't saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Jamie, would you like to say what the Get It Together is? What the Get It Together is, as in sum it up? Yeah. Get It Together. Yes. <laughs> I need all these Gen Z trends to get it together. Make it more feminine. Make it more flattering. Make it more beautiful. And maybe take a cue from the millennials. I love it. Yeah, get it together. Gen Z lore. 
What's your get it together when? Uh, my get it together very quickly because I'm very hungry is uh, we do not need a end of the year, beginning of the year prophetic word from every prophet that has a social media account. I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. 70% of you are usually wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 50% of you are usually using blanket prophetic encouraging words. We don't need it. Save the keyboard, save yourself the posting time. Um, maybe spend some time with your family this season before, besides, you know, typing up an entire, I don't, I don't, we're not going to read it. Nope. We're not going to read it. Do not type up, record, post another end of the year, beginning of the year word. We're not going to watch it. We're not going to look at it. We're going to delete the email when it comes through. We're over it. So I will start unsubscribing. And that is the the, the very, like, that will be the f- first thing that I have done, like, that makes me feel like an actual adult is when I start unsubscribing to emails. <sighs> I love it. It's such a relief. I'm not doing it. Do not send another end of the year word. I think it's also very uh, like selfish to send an end of the year word with no equipping steps in it. Nothing to benefit or help people. I I won't even remember your word come March. (gasps) If your name is not Tomi Ariyomi, I don't Mm want to hear from you. (laughs) Agreed. I, I just, I don't. I don't care about the dream you had. I don't care about the vision you went into because I could probably do a Russian roulette of prophetic words at the end of the year. And you would probably all have the same five phrases. No, don't for sure. Please don't do it. I will. This is why I'm not on Facebook. Of course, my account's on Facebook, but this is why I don't, at the end of the year, either way, I'm spending time with the family. It's the holidays. But at the end of the year, I am not scrolling on my Facebook because I want to hear what so-and-so has to say. Mm-hmm. If I see you on Instagram, I will scroll so fast. Matter of fact, I, I, I might just start muting some of you now. Yeah, do it before they start to annoy us. Listen, I'm going to need you prophets to get it together. Maybe go in a little deeper beginning of next year and and actually give us some insight into politics next year real insight some real insight and actionable steps i want the governors to govern Mm -hmm. that's all that's my get it together because all y'all are going to be really bold the end of 2023 beginning of 2024 and then come november when the election is electing, y'all going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Doing the opposite of what prophets need to be doing. I want y'all in sackcloths. <laughs> okay. And there better be ashes. But I want everywhere. ashes. I don't want your keyboard. I want sackcloths. Mm-hmm. So get it together. Go before the Lord. Get us a word and tell us who's going to be the president. All right, guys. Thanks for checking us out on Happy and Holy. Um, as always, we're so grateful that you hung out with us 
We always try to promise you a short episode and we break our promise every time. (laughs) If you're hanging out with us, we are on all places that podcasts are listed. If you want to catch us on the go, if you want to sit and stay and you want to watch, hang out with us, we are on YouTube. Like, share, comment, subscribe, all the things that we need in order to be um, successful. So help us succeed. I mean, you know, you usually share the things you like, you know, like my favorite hair product, maybe a couple pieces of candy, a recipe here and there. You share the things you like. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Yep. Share it because sharing really is caring. And as somebody who's been blessed by people sharing great ministries, great books, great music with me, you can be a blessing. You're not a nuisance. You're a blessing. So share what you love with your friends. We'll catch you guys next time. Just remember to be happy. And stay holy. Until next time. We'll see you guys in 2024. Maybe. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 2024 already. Wild. Wow. Okay, guys. Stay off of Facebook. No prophetic words until then. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha.